0: That is why I do this. I just want people to be better. Want... You gotta dig deep and figure it out. <clears throat> well, I think we're live. What is up there, roadies? Um, tonight's episode, I say tonight, this is the first time I've ever done this. This little shindig here. At night, everything's calm. The lights are off. The dogs are settled. The wife's taking a bath. Instead of trying to record it tomorrow on Father's Day, when I'm sure I'm gonna, you know, have the social norm to go out and do things, and uh, obviously I'll talk to my little my little chicken nugget on the phone and <clears throat> stuff like that. It'd be good. It'd be good. I didn't want didn't want the pressure of trying to put out some some fire ass content for you guys on on Father's Day. I'm just kidding. Um, but seriously, I, I didn't I didn't want to try to record it tomorrow. But I am going to jump straight into this, motherfucker. Um, the first note that I put down, I think it's super important. When you have a creative idea, idea that pertains to your passions and your goals, write it down immediately. I've heard some of my favorite people... <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's stuck in my throat tonight. Um, I've heard some of my favorite people in comedy, and social media, and all things content creation... I've heard them talk about this, when they're like, man, you know what? I had this killer idea. I knew it was gonna be a good one. And it's usually right as you're falling asleep or when you just fell asleep, you come up with this idea and you're like, I know I need to grab my phone and make a note of it, and I never do, and then I can never remember it the next morning. And then, you guys have heard me talk before about um, the five second rule by Mel Robbins. Five second rule is if you have any kind of idea um, that is about your creative flows of any kind you have five seconds five four three two one before your mind starts talking you out of doing that thing for whatever reason your mind will give you, your mind will give you a million reasons as to why that creative idea is a bad one and why you shouldn't do it but that's your it's your fear it's your protective instinct of your mind telling you not to do that so that's something I wanted to let let's put that in that is a new rule for you guys now when you have a creative idea that's going to push you forward in life it doesn't have to be creative when you have an idea that's going to push you forward in life and you know it's going to benefit you do that. one hundred percent i'm not going to beat a dead horse on that one uh, i want to talk a little bit about the social media i've been blocking people left and right i've found that there's been people who are like abusing my channel and uh, using it to go and find people of the opposite sex and, like, try to contact them for weird reasons and stuff, so I've been really, uh, really been tearing people up, so there's probably a few people who aren't hearing this podcast anymore that probably uh, previously were. Let's look. Some of us matured early because life showed us the ugly part of the world at an early age. That fits, point number two and point number three kind of fit all together, and that's where I'm going to spend all of our time on this episode and this episode will probably be a little bit shorter but I don't think that it's going to lack any quality and it may not be shorter you know we're already a couple minutes in we're almost four and a half four minutes in now so uh, I don't maybe it won't be a little shorter so uh, some of us mature early in life I have always said for the longest time right Uh, and just so that that way I'm keeping everything together here Points two and points three run together. Point two, some of us mature early in life because or matured early because life showed us the ugly part of the world at an ugly age. That's point two. Point three, most successful people don't come from an easy past. I think it's easy to to put it together the common denominator and most successful people is that they had crazy upbringings. Like something was out of the norm in their upbringing almost every time. I can't think of anybody who's massively successful who just had a normal white picket fence uh, upbringing. For, For a lot of people that I see that are super, super successful, especially in a creative type way, they're known for their amazing innovation for one thing or the other, whether it be comedy, music, acting, something, right? They're always... Super innovative, but if you look man their past sometimes. They're dark man. It's filled with abuse It's filled with hurt a lot of hurt a lot of heartbreak A lot of being exposed to things as young kids that most people in their lives are never exposed to Let alone at such an early age And Man I can feel like I'm not that much different in that regard like I grew up in a house with a lot of fighting um, you know, my my parents did not care much for each other. They were constantly arguing, and you don't realize now. You know, now that I'm a parent and I see my kids um, and the impact that a parent has on their kids, I can strictly remember listening to my parents yell at each other and give each other argue, you know give each other um, hell over stuff. And they thought we couldn't hear them, or thought maybe we weren't weren't going to understand because we were so young, or Whatever their, their ideas were, that we weren't gonna know what was going on. But man, I remember, I remember being around the corner, just wishing they wouldn't do that. Um, and then you know there was some abuse in my childhood. Um, stuff I've since moved on with from that person. And there was some physical abuse in in my uh, in my upbringing. But man, it was tough. You know, it was it was tough. We, I was definitely was lower middle class coming up. Uh, for sure we didn't necessarily want for anything but that came it it was a village raising a child you know there was a lot of people that were involved in my in my upbringing and uh, the area of town that we grew up in wasn't the best you know it wasn't compton or anything but it wasn't the best and we went to uh inner city public school kind of systems you know um, had good friends growing up and stuff but it was, my mom had to work two jobs you know, to keep a roof over our head and my dad was gone a lot he had to work pretty much all the time to keep up with the child support that he had and on top of you know, him and my mom just didn't get along so it was kind of difficult I, it, you don't think of it when you're that young uh, how not having your dad around until you're a little bit older 12, 13 is when I really started to get to see my dad on a normal somewhat normal routine uh, but you know i had missed my formidable years of spending time with my dad my mom was just trying to do the best she could with the situation she had and that's tough man and again you don't realize it when you're in it but now looking back I, I realized how much I truly missed out on how much pain and how much you know how much pain that cost uh, and I'll never forget when I went to basic training in 2010, I, there's a thing in the military, you have to carry your ID card with you, and any time your drill sergeant can walk up to you, make you run your ID card uh, opposite way up your face, and if it makes a noise like your whisker, you know, like your whiskers are hitting, means you didn't shave well enough. Well, I got hit every single day. Um, every single day they got me, and finally one of my drill sergeants just started laying into me and, Williamson, you know, you piece of shit, this, that, and the other didn't your dad ever teach you how to shave your fucking face? And going off, and I, I kind of lowered my head, and I said, no, Drill Sergeant, you know, I, he never did. He never had the chance. Uh, didn't really know my dad a whole lot coming up. And it was the first time that I saw a sense of humanity in the military where this guy, you know, now he he let his Drill Sergeant guard down, and he saw me as a young guy who had now just come up, um, not without a dad I mean I saw my dad every once in a while but I didn't get to learn any lessons that a boy should learn from his dad uh, and he was like oh you know come on and he kept a real hard-ass mentality while we were out in front of everyone he brought me into the latrine grabbed my razor grabbed my shaving cream and he goes all right you know all right private I'm gonna show you how to do this and he showed me real calm cool and collected how, to, how you properly shave your face and he was like God, oh, man you know there you go. Now you know. So now you've had a man teach you. Now, I'll never forget that moment. That was that was a major, major moment in my life. Uh, just somebody who saw me as a person and treated me with humanity in a situation that I was already embarrassed about. But I had never learned, even to that point. You know, I was 18 years old. I didn't know that you're supposed to learn that from your dad until that moment. That, I, that was one of the first moments in my mind that I was like, wow, you know, I... I never realized how much I've missed how much stuff I've missed out on. And uh, so but that's just kind of a cool story but that's just going to show that while uh things weren't, you know, again, I didn't grow up in the ghetto or anything where we are getting shot at and stuff like that, but uh I did not have an easy upbringing. But that's for sure. It's it's definitely left its scars in some areas, but The reason I say that is because I feel like I can connect to those people. Uh, I had to grow up at a very, very young age, you know, I, I, um, that, doing that forces living that way. Having a mom who you know is not very financially um, stable in a sense, even though she's working really hard and my dad, you know, he, my whole time I knew him, my dad was very financially successful and that's what I was told. Uh, a successful man was somebody who made a lot of money you know you look good you feel good you play good but I didn't feel like that coming up so I had to learn some hard lessons you know and a lot of those came in the military a lot of those came from my alcohol use my drug use my time in jail uh, getting married way too young to learning hard lessons that way to having kids at a young age I had to mature very, very quickly, and a lot of it was self-inflicted, but I wouldn't change it for the world now, because when you see it in retrospect, I ask myself all the time, why? Why couldn't I just live a normal life that, you know, I I married the first woman that I, you know, I I wish I could have met Nicole when I was 18 and married her, and we had our kids together, and that's just what my life was like. you know that would be ideal for everybody, but that's not the ideal. Um, it's not ideal because then I wouldn't have my daughter Taya, and she's she's uh, you know she's my daughter. I love her so much, and I wouldn't trade her for anything. So there's a purpose to everything, but also I wouldn't have the life lessons and the maturity that I have now. I have people tell me all the time, <coughs> excuse me, how um, you know when they ask me my age, I'm like, yeah, I'm 26, getting up there. They're like, wow, I would have pegged you for 30-something. You just carry yourself a lot different than, you know, a 26-year-old, I would have thought by your maturity level that you're 30-something. And like I said before, guys, that's just because I've been through a lot. It's just because I've been through a lot. So, but I've come out stronger. And that's something I want to touch on, too. I know I'm kind of blowing through this podcast pretty quick, and I was hoping to, you know, I was hoping that when I talked about all this stuff that... It was going to come with a lot of passion behind it, and it does, you know, it brings up a lot of feelings and a lot of lessons that I've learned, and I can remember them all vividly from specific instances. But what I want to tell you is, I have um, a sibling of mine who, and I can tell who it is, she'll never listen to this podcast, but my sister, my sister is the type of person who will forever tell people, you know, I am this way this is, she has a few shortcomings like we all do, but some of hers are a little more severe. <coughs> Excuse me. But she will forever be the person that goes, well, I'm this way because of the way I was brought up. Well, I'm like this and I have these issues because I didn't have a relationship with my dad. And I, I you know, she'll still tell people till her dying breath that her dad abandoned her and her dad walked out on her, which guys, that's not true. Like I have been of the firm belief. Now, my dad made a lot of mistakes when we were younger. He made a lot of mistakes. Uh, he he acted in ways that he absolutely never should have, and he's, he him and I have rectified that situation, but he was a very angry, stressed man, uh, and he made a lot of mistakes. He wasn't there uh, a lot of the times when he should have been, and when he was there, he wasn't present. You know, he was always doing other things, and I don't fault him for that, but Uh, That's the truth, and and I always speak the truth, but I am of the belief that when you turn 18 years old You have the choice now You cannot at that point continue to say well. I'm like this because of my upbringing You may have scars from your upbringing that you still need to heal You got to figure out how to do that, but you're not allowed to say I am like this because of my upbringing You've got to own it. This is your life now. You're an adult so to, to walk around telling the same victim stories, well I'm like this because my dad did this or my mom did this or this person did it's not gonna fly like that. I think that's a big part of what's wrong with our country today is we give people too many outs. Oh, you know, you had a you had a tough seventh grade year, yeah, why don't you tell me about that? Oh really you were bullied? Guess what? We were all bullied in the eighties and the nineties. Like that's called going to school, right? Like that's not a catastrophe or even These kids now, you know, well, my parents yelled at me all the time in my childhood. That's traumatic to these kids now. And I think we just give people too many outs. Instead of going, hey, look, you can be offended by whatever the fuck you want to be offended by. But when you turn 18 years old, you're an adult. And guess what? Nobody gives a shit what you're offended by. Nobody cares. Uh, Honestly, I mean, let's just call it like it is. Nobody cares really what you went through. When you were a kid, they're looking at you. What can you do now? That's what the job, the job force is looking at. What can you do now? I'm not worried about your, you know, your upbringing. What can you do for me now? How can you provide value? You can't. Well, then I have no, I have no place for you. Sorry. And that's going to be anything. That's going to be your mate. That's going to be your spouse in life. That's going to be the job that you hold. Your kids are going to require that from you guys. As a parent, I can tell you, kids are. Not on purpose, but kids are selfish. They want way more than they give. Now, they, they give you unconditional love, and sometimes it's not always unconditional. Sometimes they'll be quick to retract it from you, but it's when you take life of a mindset of, I am not a victim. I'm not, I'll never claim a victim again. Whatever is happening to me is because of me. And I've talked about that in previous podcasts before. Every single thing, every circumstance in my life that has happened to me, I have caused 100%. And I take full ownership of it. Good, bad, and ugly, I take 100% responsibility for it. And we all need to adapt that. It's just something, I see it more and more and more, especially on social media. I get more people in my DM box. T- telling me how they're depressed and they just lost their job and they can't feed their families and they want me to feel bad for them and they want me to give them the attention of oh my gosh you know dear i'm so sorry or bud i'm so sorry oh my gosh they want the coddling they want the attention and guess what i'm not the one i'm not the one because honestly nobody did that for me but yeah, that's just not how i had to learn that guess what if you act that way people may entertain it for a minute. There may be a few people who just don't have the social gall to tell you to stop bitching to your face, they'll, but eventually they'll just stop answering the phone or they'll just delete you or whatever. Like Guys, that's not ever going to get you anywhere until you realize that seemingly in this life we have to buck up and do the things that we have to do regardless of what's happened to us in the past. And I know that sounds brunt or blunt, and I know it sounds harsh, but there's so much freedom in that. When I can look and go, yeah, I've had bad shit happen to me, but it doesn't affect me going forward. I'm only going to get better from here. Or let's go worst case scenario. You lost your job. You're at risk of losing your house. Things with your spouse aren't good. Guess what? You have full control of that. You can spend every waking hour that you have looking for a new and better job. Don't have the skills, start, start figuring out how you can get those skills. But don't stop applying for a job. You may have to work at McDonald's for a long time just to put food on the table. You may have to work at McDonald's and a gas station because you have no skills and you don't have any money. But you have to do what it takes or you can lay down and you can quit and you can get exactly what you have now, if not worse. But that choice is entirely up to you, and who you are as a person will be dictated by that. Good and bad. When I decided that I was going to move here to Tennessee and pursue my life with Nicole, my wife now, guys, I knew it was going to be hard. When Nicole and I first met, I didn't have a place to live. I was just coming off a deployment. I luckily had a buddy that let me sleep on his couch. I had another buddy who gave me an old farm truck that he had for free, but guys, that was it. I had a few bags of clothes with my name on it and a severe drinking problem. That's all I had. Nicole and I have had to build this life, literally from the ground up, from nothing, to sleeping on my buddy's couch. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll forever be eternally grateful to Jason for giving us even that couple weeks to just kind of stabilize, you know. And uh, but I can say. When it all comes down to it, Nicole and I did this, you know, we built this from the ground up. But you guys have that same opportunity, right? I knew that I wasn't going to have any money. My ex-wife was going to take it all um, in child support and custody and paying bills and doing it. I knew I wasn't going to have any money. I knew I wasn't going to have a fancy place to live or I didn't even know when I was going to have our own place to live. I knew the car that I had gotten, God, it was a blessing, God willing, that you know my buddy gave me that truck, but it wasn't going to get me back and forth to Tennessee and uh, down to Indiana to see my kid, but I was nervous the first time I drove it from Kentucky to where I live in Tennessee. I didn't know if it was going to make it, but it made it and it kept making it and, and all those things, guys, that's a part of the journey and a part of the grind. I had to take a chance every single time. Okay, if I want to pursue this life, i got to take the chance that this truck will make it four and a half hours from this part of Kentucky to Tennessee where I'm going to start this new life. Okay, ready, said go. I didn't know if I was going to break down on the side of the highway, but it was either stay in Kentucky and be scared or start driving. I drove and it worked out. When I got here, we stayed with a few of Nicole's friends for like two days and Nicole and I found that cheap townhouse and we we're like, okay, we're here. Nicole had a job, but I didn't. She was returning home to a job. I didn't have one because I'm not from here. It took me a little bit to find one, then I found one. Then we started paying our bills easy, and things looked like they were kind of coming together. Then I got hit with child support. Then I got hit with being called a shitty dad because I moved away, and I got all up in my feelings, and then I lost sight. I lost sight of what I had originally signed up to do, which is, You're going to struggle for a long time, but it's worth it to make a better life for everyone in the end. That's when I started drinking heavy. That's when I got in trouble because I lost sight. I started to feel bad for me again. I started to be a victim again. But guess what? I got in trouble, I got my mind together, I had the love of a good woman, I refocused, and now I've been set straight ever since. Because I remember, okay, this is what happens when you you wanna play a victim you're gonna get what a victim gets, which is exactly what you deserve, because every wound I faced while I was getting in trouble drinking, doing all that was 100% self-inflicted like every other one I had ever faced. Self-inflicted. So now, in a short two-year span of time, Nicole and I have moved out of that town hall, house, bought our own home, are growing our family. Things with my daughter are better than ever. I have a car that's reliable my child support situations getting figured out guys it's because i was willing to put the work in and usually i try to be so humble sounding that i'm not okay saying stuff like that because i don't ever want to come off uh... conceited or bragging But guys, it's just the truth nicole and i have put a lot of work in over the last two years and you guys wherever you are in your life can do that you just have to make that decision things are gonna be tough Things are going to be hard. I may be eating ramen noodles and that's it for the next five years. But when you're dedicated, okay, I'm willing to suffer because I believe in what I can do. I believe in my ability to to hold out and keep grinding because I know what my future can look like. If I just keep making the next right decision and I put myself on a path with a plan to how I want to accomplish the things I want to accomplish, they're going to happen. Now you're going to hit bumps all along the way. That's, In my personal opinion, that's the universe going, hey, here's a test. Do you deserve this yet? And then, you know, if you get a little shaky on the bump and you start to doubt and you start to act crazy again, okay, nope, not yet. You don't deserve it yet. You struggle a little bit more, keep grinding, keep grinding, hopefully you learn from that first speed bump. When you hit the second one, you're like, yeah, I know this will pass, I just have to do the right thing. You know, I I got it. And then at that point, you know, maybe the universe goes, ah, you know, you just haven't sacrificed enough yet to to earn this this great life that you're working so hard for. You're almost there. Keep going. Keep showing me. You know, keep showing me what you're really made of. And that's what the whole expression, you know, when life knocks you down, get back up and keep going. That's where that comes from. Because you have to. You have to. If you believe that you're meant to be something greater than you are right now, you have to stick to it when shit gets tough. You have to. But guys, that goes right back to the initial point. Nothing and nobody that ever becomes great does it by coming up easy. Whether it's you have a, a hard past or maybe you had a good childhood and you had a good come up. But your, your rise from the day you decided what you were going to do or what you were going to be till you made that point is definitely not going to be easy. 100%. Because nothing that's worth anything is easy. But that's why people who win the lottery blow it so fast. Because they don't respect it because they didn't have to sacrifice for it. And that's why most of them lose it you know, within a year or so. So guys, roadies, family, that's going to conclude this Road to Redemption podcast tonight. I appreciate you all so much. I'm going to be uploading this podcast on Saturday uh june 16th so that means tomorrow is sunday june 17th happy father's day to all my my dad roadies out there and uh happy father's day to all the men in your life if if you're a female listening to this your dad your husbands your uh, boyfriends whoever your sons whoever happy father's day to all the men in your life uh i myself have a great relationship with my father. Can't wait to call him and express my love and gratitude for him. And I can't wait to talk to my daughter tomorrow, and uh, and you know hear her call me dad. That's a that's an honor, and it's definitely an honor that I don't take for granted. Guys, be looking uh, the Fit Dad Fitness podcast interview that I did with Michael should be coming up here soon. Watch notifications for that. Always keep uh keep an eye on the YouTube channel. The vlog is back. It's back in full full swing. You guys have been doing an amazing job and I appreciate you so much for supporting it the way that you have. Obviously, subscribe and leave a review on this on the iTunes. That's how it helps uh, spread it so other people see it. And I think, yeah, keep checking out the Instagram and know how much I love you. Roadies, you guys have a great Father's Day. Love you.